Welcome back to the Just Add Science Podcast, where students are going to answer questions that have been called into the studio. With me today, I have Nico and Will. They're going to introduce themselves. Hi, my name is Nico. I am in a fifth grade science class right now, and this is my favorite subject. It is always a pleasure to come to Mr. Bowen's class. That was a paid portion of the program, by the way. <laughs> Same thing with me. I love Mr. Bullen's class. It's always so fun. And the games we play while learning, it's always awesome, and I love the fifth grade. All right, we'll have to add two sponsored segments to pay for all of that niceties. Anyway, we have two call-ins today. I have one call-in from Mrs. Morales and another phone call from Mr. Reynolds. So we're going to get to those and then have the boys answer those questions in turn, and then we'll continue to talk about Newton's three laws. Can you explain Newton's first law? All right, Nico, it seems that that first question is directed at you from Ms. Morales. Tell us a little bit about Newton's first law. So Newton's first law is the law of inertia. It states that uh, an object in motion will stay in motion unless affected by another force, and an object at rest will stay at rest unless affected by another force. Okay, can you give me some examples of that? So, like, for the a Newton's cradle, you pull a ball, and it will it will hit the ball on the other side, and it will continue because it is continually moving with the force to move the other ball. So, what makes them eventually stop the? Um, friction makes the ball stop. So, if I was to pull the ball. Eventually, the friction in the air would stop them. Just slow things down and stop it. All right. So would you say that just summarizing Newton's first law as inertia is probably a correct way to do that? Um, for the most part, yes. All right. That's awesome. Now, anything else you want to add before we move on? No, sir. All right. So I think we have another phone call, and I think this one is from Mr. Reynolds. Hello. This is Mr. Reynolds. I'm calling in with a question for Mr. Bullen's science class. Could someone explain the ins and outs of Newton's second law? Thank you. Well, well it seems that um, Mr. Reynolds has a very good question as far as Newton's second law. If you were to explain that to him, uh, how would you do that? Okay, so with Newton's second law, let's say you could grab a baseball and then you could throw it pretty far, I'm guessing, and it, it's not that hard, but then let's say if you were to pick up something very heavy as in like a bowling ball, you couldn't really throw it that far. Um, and Why that, is that? Why is there a difference between the baseball and the bowling ball? Well, the difference is that it has more mass, and the more mass is as in like weight. Okay. Like you, we all know what weight is and stuff, and gra and um, it's and the more weight it has, the more effect gravity has on it. Let's say, um, like what I just said. Uh, let's say we have this Newton's cradle here. Like there's this these small metal balls, and if I pick one up, it's pretty easy to pick up. But if that was like a hundred times its size, that would be very very hard to pick up. It would be. You're true. And it's ha it's because gravity has the more fo more effect on it, and the more weight it has, the more effect it has on it, and um, that's about it. 
right. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no. All right. So we've had some very good answers to Newton's first law and Newton's second law, but what we did not get a phone call about, and I think we would be remiss if we were to leave it out, is Newton's third law. Um, how would you describe Newton's third law? So Newton's third law states that um, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So if you threw down a bouncy ball, it will bounce back up. So that is an opposite uh, reaction to me throwing down the bouncy ball. And uh, that has a that has a quite a bit to do with um, like the Newton's cradle. So I pull back the ball, then it hits the other balls, and then the balls on the other side come back in a continuous motion. Yeah, so I think like a good way to describe that is that if you barely pull back at all on the ball of the Newton's cradle, you're not going to expect the other side to go flying away. It's going to react very similar. And you also expect that the time that the Newton's cradle would keep moving back and forth would be very short. Versus where if you pull the ball as far back as you can, the reaction of that is the ball on the other end is going to get hit as far back as it can go. And then you're going to have that continuous movement of energy until, again, friction slows things down. So it does have a lot. It's that equal and opposite reaction. So, Will, I know you said you had like a little bit more to add about Newton's three laws. Uh, what did you want to tell us? So, there is a little bit more. And actually, in the 20th century, there, um, Newton's laws were actually replaced by quantum mechanics. And, um, most, and the most fundamental laws of physics. But, like, um, like they do give it a very accurate um, description of it. And that's that's basically all I had to have to um, add about that. Well, that's it was awesome. replaced by quantum mechanics. And replaced that's about by it. quantum mechanics. Well, again, I want to thank the listeners um, for tuning in today and listening to our podcast. Um, I invite them to leave us a message or to even call in with a question that they have about science, because I know that I've got many uh, students that would be very excited to answer that for them. Um, and be sure that you join us next time for our next. Um, podcast and we will see you then.